What's up, everybody? I'm your local idiot, Randy. We're here with Craig Allen. This week, we're going to be discussing cafe racers in the cafe racer culture, which, in my opinion, is one of the coolest cultures out there. Like, Better than scooters? I don't know, man. I'm telling you. Dude, get your you Honda on Metropolitan. Metropolitan, and you're going to love every last second of it. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. Your Honda Metropolitan, are you going to put like um, airbags on it? Oh, Drop man. it to the ground. Oh, man. I'm going to get low, get low. I, here, real quick, side note. Okay. I used to do EMS, worked on an ambulance for quite a few years. Um, so I was at my shop. So I was taking stuff in. You know, don't anybody ever say anything about this. <laughs> I was taking stuff in and working on it in the bay to keep me caught up at my shop. So had a Metropolitan there one day. My boss, great guy. You know, we were good friends. Um, but give you the setting. We've got a big four bay garage, really, really tall. We've got a hallway that ties the commons area, office area to the garage bay. So I see that as a racetrack. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, get a couple of my buddies together. And what they did is they held the door open at the front door and I honked the horn like crazy, ran that Honda Metropolitan through the front door, looped it around the side and was waving at my boss as I hauled ass down the hallway, had another buddy out there holding the garage door or the door open in the garage. I mean, I no sooner got to the other end of the hallway. My boss is yelling at me, get that damn thing out of here. So that's why I'm so infatuated with metropolitans. You can get them into tight spaces. You can get out at a max speed of 34 miles an hour. <laughs> and don't forget the beer cozy. Yes. Underneath the seat. Great cooler. If you, I, I really think that Honda designed that storage compartment to be a cooler. It's a beer hauler. Yes. It holds ice. It holds water. Holds beer. Does it really? Yeah, man. Yeah. So it's watertight. And sometimes you got to do a couple of modifications to make sure it is. But Put a drain plug in it. Yeah. Because once you fill it, you got to get it out of there somehow. But, Honda Metropolitan. Yes, sir. So anyway, back to what we're talking about. <laughs> just visualizing it that's all we got yes. off a little side note so cafe racers yes every everybody loves them i mean and for a time and maybe to a certain extent they still are the hot item everybody wants to have one i want to have one i've had one before but you know i'm at i'm at the time of my life where i want every bike i've ever had yeah i want it back replay replay even if i don't ride it i want it even the stupidest bikes yeah. Like the Suzuki here, T250. <laughs> shut up. What? Shut up. Check this out, though. You talk about something that's, you talk about it being cooler, is cooler, what have you. Think about all the phases of, of motorcycling. You know, we've had choppers, we've had baggers, we have choppers again, we've had bobbers and things like that. The Cafe Racer has literally been around since the 50s. 
And yeah. Motorcycle companies are still producing one or two lines of bikes that are a cafe racer or cafe racer inspired. Like, I mean, that's, that's freaking cool right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harley still makes a bike that is uh, a cafe style. What is that? They're, um, that's roadster sportster. Yeah. 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 And to some extent they are, they're street rod. That's a new motorcycle for them. Yeah. They're brand new. Mm hmm. And uh, they have a very distinct cafe styling. Some of the um, older bikes are the ones that are fun to, you know, oh. even if they weren't cafe racers to start with. You did a Honda CB750, one of the old ones with this uh, single yep, overhead. Single overhead cam, exactly. And uh, I, that was a sharp bike. I've done a couple of those. And if I had to pick one platform for me, that's the bike. Like I love that Honda CB750. In fact, right now I'm going through another one for a guy. Currently in my shop, I'm I'm getting one going for a guy. Um, I've done them where you've done big bores and cams and just done the simple styling changes and, you know, flat backed them, if you will, to where they just had the big, long, flat seat. We've done shortened ones with high-end suspension. Like, the platforms could all be different. You know, the, the parts that you put into them, what you're wanting to get out of them, you know, hitting a ton or going past that or just taking a stock motorcycle and changing it to look like a cafe. Now, you know, I'm no, I'm no mechanic. Uh, don't claim to be, but it seems to me that that platform, the Honda 754, mm-hmm. whether it's the early uh, singles Sing. or the, the dual later ones, are the most bulletproof engines ever put in a motorcycle. Man, I, I can't think of another engine that was. I really, really like them. I mean, if you think about the Triumphs with their singles and their duels or Moto Guzzi and things like that. British motorcycles it, require a lot of maintenance. Yeah. At the height of this thing, you, you're thinking, you know, transport yourself back in time, late fifties, early sixties, you know, you're talking about like, uh, the ton up boys or the rockers you're racing from like busy bees to London into, um, the ACE cafe, I believe is what it was called. Like, uh-huh. I mean, they had to go short distances because their bikes just, it wouldn't handle. I don't think. Now for those that don't really realize or understand the, um, the, the beginnings of Cafe Racers, perhaps we should go back and yeah. kind of step back and talk about how they came to be, and and, and still are. Now of course, they were originally um, uh, started over in Britain, in England, if you want to call it, uh, in the London area. Yeah. Uh, again, the, what, the late 50s, early 60s? Yeah, uh, you know. Styled after the, the kind of the Grand Prix road racers. Right, right. I mean, kids were hitting it. I mean, it was a subculture, mind you. It wasn't like... The rockabilly stuff. Yeah, it wasn't the adults doing this. I mean, you're talking about probably, honestly, at the time, probably 13-year-old, 14-year-old, up to 18, early 20s, mm-hmm. like, really doing the other stuff. But, like, it was a subculture of that place. That's where the rockers and the ton-up boys... Yeah. Ton-up is a British slang for 100 mile an hour. Because to be a true cafe racer, the bike had to go 100 yep. miles an hour. And that's why they call them racers. They go from cafe to cafe, but to go there, the ride, race. you better, you better race and you better be <laughs> able to go a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Hence the name ton up ton, yeah. I guess in England, I'm not sure is a, ton a, up, nomen- a, a, a nomenclature for a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I've, I'm not the smartest cat in the world. I don't know everything about everything, but. I've always related the ton to doing a hundred miles an hour and mm-hmm. from everything I've ever heard and, you know, been fascinated with and whatever it's, it's always been that way. Plus after the war, it was for younger people in the younger culture, 
it was not common for kids to have cars. Mm. You know, nowadays every kid's got a car. Yeah. Back then, uh, because they were trying to recoup from the war and everything like that, you know, the car was not even thinkable. So there was motorcycles and scooters. And, mm-hmm. and so everybody kind of just. Uh, Shoot the whole industry over there at the time. I mean, you couldn't, after the, you know, after World War II, you couldn't really produce motorcycles or I mean cars. Like no. everything had been geared so much towards the war effort that and everything that honestly in the industrial. The manufacturing, it, that just it, didn't it have just it. just gone, you know. Yeah. So initially it was. Basically, I guess you could fair to say it was a sign of rebellion. I would think so. Yeah, just the, the subculture you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So things kind of came through in the 60s. But by the mid-70s, an element came into it that kind of changed everything, and that was the Japanese bikes. Oh, yeah. The Japanese got yeah. everybody in that time. Once the Japanese bikes came in, they really overtook the British mm-hmm. bikes, you know, the Nortons, the BSA rockets, Triumph. things like that. Yeah. Uh, Triumphs. They were all of a sudden on the back burner. You know, I would really like to think that that's the reason why hitting the ton was so ridiculously hard is that you're talking about these other bikes that they were designed to be rode really 60, 70 miles an hour maybe. And like that's what they right. were geared for. That's what their CCs were capable of. Like you shed a lot of stuff off of those bikes, hence the reason why a cafe racer is so stripped down is you had to cut weight. And on top of cutting weight, then you had to find the little tricks to try to make your bike go even faster. So hitting a ton at that time, 50s, 60s, was a huge deal. A lot of people think, get the idea that these British uh, bikes, these BSA, Lightnings and things like that, Mm -hmm. the Nortons, were fast bikes. Out of the factory, they were not. No. They weren't going 100 (laughs) miles an hour. No. So that's like you said, that's why they stripped them down. That's why they souped them up. Mm-hmm. So on to that point, like, you know, stripping them down or whatever. I remember this old man used to always tell me, look, you could ride a fast bike slow and be having a fast bike, but you're going slow. You know, what's the point of having a fast bike? He's like, or you can ride a slow bike as fast as you can possibly ride it. And he's like, that's where it's fun. When you can hit a corner and never let off throttle, granted, you might be doing 50 or 60 miles an hour, but you're riding that motorcycle to its fullest capability. Now, Anytime you, you take a vehicle or any kind of machinery to its limits, mm-hmm. that's, the point where it's shaking, that's fun, man. That's fun. Yeah. So the, what we were talking about, what we, at the time we were talking about kind of like sport bikes and stuff like that. And um, I'd had a Honda 500 with a Gus Davison racing fairing and, and stuff like that. And. I love that motorcycle. Was this the V-Twin 500, you know, like the, the Guzzi style? Or was this a... Inline. Inline. Yeah, inline. So it was, I think it was a 500. It was 500 after it was worked over. It had a cam and pipe and things like that. But I loved the fairing that was on it because it just reminded me of like, you know, racing. So one of those bubble racing. fairings? Yes, yes, yes. Look up Gus Davis and fairings. It was just, it was a fun bike. It was a 70s Honda. Um, anyway, that's what we were talking about. You know, we were talking about other bikes that were faster and, you know, we were, I was kind of talking about, well, you know, it'd be really cool to do this, but do it with like a Ducati 929 or something like that. And he's like, yeah, that's all great and everything. It's like, there's going to be some times where you can race that bike or ride that bike, but the majority of your time, you're going to be riding that fast bike slow. So he's like, keep that 500. Let's, you know, we were talking about doing some stuff. He's like, let's make it a little bit faster. And he's like, then run that bike. 
to its limits and as fast as you can. He's like, I guarantee you'll have more fun doing that. Absolutely. And he was right. <laughs> yeah, he was right. So by the mid-70s, everybody's wanting in on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as manufacturers go, I mean, you had the, uh, the Moto Guzzi Le Mans. Uh, really cool bike. They're great bikes. A lot of torque. I've ridden one of those all over the place. They're fantastic bikes. For a couple of years, Harley made a cafe racer. It was called the uh, XLCR from 77 to 79, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then there was that Honda XBR500 and their GB500. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they didn't stick with cafe-style bikes because they're so popular and, and, and more popular, I think, today than they've yeah. ever been. I've got a theory on that. I don't know if anyone even cares to hear about it or not, but you got to think late 70s, early 80s, you know, Harley Davidson, who's the staple of all motorcycles. Let's be honest, okay? It's what everybody's compared to, especially if you're in the motorcycling community. Um, you got to think AMF's owning, owning Harley Davidson for a couple more years. They got out at like 82 Japanese bikes at the time. Harley almost did not recover from their AMF years. Yes. Because that was a piece of crap. I know, but. I'm I'm the different guy. I I think AMF for everything because they kept Harley afloat. That's the other side of the coin. Enough. Yes. Yep. They I mean, almost killed him, but they saved him. Yes. It's it's one of those weird things. It's like stabbing somebody and then and then making sure they can live through it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that they were they were there on the tailings. So I think maybe what had happened, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I think Japanese motorcycle manufacturers were seeing this. And thinking, okay, let's rip their style, let's rip their looks, because that's what everybody likes and wants, but they like the economy and they like the durability of a metric motorcycle. You know, barely having to service the damn things because they just run well, they're water-cooled, things like that. They're making okay power, you know. Granted, the thing I hate about them is they're underpowered and they're undergeared. Like, it's just, it's just not great. But anyway, I think what they were trying to do is steal that market thinking Harley's going under. So why not, you know? So then Frick from the eighties all the way till now, that's what they're based off of. Like they, they look like Harley's. They do the same badging kind of the same wheels, the same tires, the same overall style. It's a styling ripoff. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that they saw, but that's just business. That's just marketing. That's business. Emulation is the best form of flattery, you know? Yeah. So I really think that that's what had happened in the the motorcycling industry through the late 70s, early 80s, is that they thought Harley was going out. They wanted to jump on ship and take that style. Well, little do they know we're Americans, so we don't die that easy. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, they probably made it work just so that the Japanese couldn't get one up. Um, But go go to a couple years before that. Okay, you've got, in my opinion, I mean, Suzuki had their GS models, which... I've just never been a big Suzuki fan. Just mm-hmm. never really have. And then Yamaha, you know, they had their YCIS motor and stuff like that. Just in my opinion, they just never really were the same. Here's the heavyweights. Honda, Kawasaki. Okay. You've got the Honda CBR, or not CBR, but the Honda CB750s later came out with a bigger model, you know, through the through the 80s. Now Kawasaki, you have a KZ650. A KZ-1000. And the beautiful 900. <laughs> yes. I don't yes, care who yes. you are. That's a great bike. Right. So these guys are producing inline four-cylinder motorcycles. 
that make tons of power for what they were. You know, we talk about a decade before trying to hit a hundred is a huge thing. Now they're, they're breaking 130, 140, uh, on a street bike. You just go and pay a couple peanuts for, and you get this motorcycle and now you can go haul ass, you know, like uh-huh. it's, that is really, in my opinion, like you know, everybody hates the crotch rockets today, the sport bikes, but that's where it came from. It came from. The, I think that's probably right. Yeah. It came from the single overhead cam 750, in my opinion. Kawasaki had to jump in with their 650, you know, their dual overhead cams. And then Honda came out with their dual overhead cams. It was just a whole thing of tit for tat. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you did this. Well, let's do this. I'll one up you here. Right. One up you there. But there was a period there, you know, the 70s that uh, Honda and Kawasaki owned. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And ju- rightfully so. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. And now today, those make the best uh, custom cafe racers. In my opinion, they do. In yeah. fact, I just acquired a uh, KZ1000Z1R just, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, something like that. And it's a super good little find. Like, it's a that's a barn find, if you will. It hasn't been really ran since 84, 85. Is it locked up? No. No, it's not. Like, everything's there. Everything's free. I'm just on the fence with her to cut up this really, really nice bike. You've which, got to turn it into a racer. Yeah, in my opinion, you cut everything up. Stock sucks. <laughs> but I love money, too. And it's probably worth more money. Um, it's a survivor-type bike, but have I ever cared about that. No, not once. Right. Not to get so sidetracked. Um, you, you know, we first like kind of thought, started talking about this. Nobody wants to hear our opinion on the industry or how it came to be. I'm not an expert on it. Okay. It's just our opinion. I mean, it's like anybody, everybody's got their opinion, right or wrong. If we jump back, like I would have loved to been in that time where, you know, the only thing I don't like about the cafe racers is all their trinkety vests and the T-birds. And like, I don't like how they always did patches and bells and things on their, their jackets. Granted, I think that was probably later is the, the cafe racer thing kind of got a little bit trendy. There was a couple movies made about them. Uh-huh. Like that's the part of motorcycling that I just makes me want to vomit. But those purist guys, those guys that, you know, they were in it, you know, the ton up boys and you know, the rockers, like those guys that started it, those dudes are my heroes. Like that's, that's cool. That's just guys getting around, you know, sitting at a cafe one night, hanging out, talking, chilling, talking about what they can do to their bikes. And then and we're one, tired of this place. Let's go to the next yeah. one. And then one guy throws the gauntlet down and says, you know what? I'm going to race your ass from here to there. And I bet I win. Yeah. And it usually starts guy. with one guy talking shit about his bike. <laughs> yep. And the other guy knowing it's shit and said, yeah. all right, yeah, 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 put yeah. up or shut up. Exactly. And that's how it all started. Right. And that to me is like, how cool would it have been to been that guy? You know, who threw the first stone? Like, you know, I'm going to do this. Definitely would want to be a part of that culture. Yeah, man. Like, who doesn't want to get out there and and, and have pride in what you're doing, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. or just be, be a part of something so monumental? And then if you lost the race that whole <laughs> week, you're in the garage, to, uh, you know, turning wrenches and think, oh, I'm going to get his ass next time. Right. And everybody, every week is coming out with something a little bit better. A little bit different. And sinker. And and it all starts over. It's a dog chasing his tail. Yeah, man. And like, as men, like that's, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's peacocking at its best. You know, I got bigger balls than you. My bike's cooler than you, you know, Mm -hmm. 
like that is that is motorcycling to me and like the culture more so than just the bikes and things like that the culture is what i'm i'm so attracted to like you know just that whole time period where it was just like you know middle finger in, finger in the air saying forget you i'm gonna rip and i'm gonna run this bike and i'm gonna pass you on the shoulder and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and i don't really give a shit what you say about it like there's something about the freedom of doing whatever you want whenever you want knowing there could be consequences but just owning it and just saying the fact that there are consequences is part and parcel of what makes it fun probably if there is no consequence and there's no danger Mm -hmm. uh, whether it is danger from an accident or danger from the law or danger from the wife Mm -hmm. then sit home and watch tv Right. You're not going to get this type of excitement out of shoots and ladders. I guarantee you that. Really? <laughs> You're not playing it right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to play uh, horseshoes and grenades or whatever. That's it. But no, nah, man, I mean, I'm not telling you to go out there and break the law. I'm not, oh, not at all out there and kill yourself or die trying. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, get involved in the culture of it. Like find the inner workings of things and find, find what works for you. Mm-hmm. And then, Dive into it. Yeah, man. Because um, life is from somebody that's on the ass end of life. (laughs) I assure you, it's too short. Because you're going to want to wake up one day and go, oh, why did I waste this or that time? Right. When I could have been doing something I wished I had done or thought about doing and just wussed out on it. Right. And then me, on the front side of it, if you will, I'm not young. I'm not a spring chicken, but. In comparison here, I'm a young kid. He's a newborn. Yes, yes. And I say, freaking live it, dude. What is that that saying? That that the goal in life is not to arrive at the pearly gates all clean and shiny, but to slide in sideways, head first, all torn up. Proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Yeah. And that's where it's at. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Yeah. So go out and find an old bike. Mm-hmm. and turn it into a cafe racer. Strip it down to nothing. Yeah. And who cares what it looks like? Mm-hmm. Just make it run, make it safe, and rip it. And enjoy every last second of it. Because, you know, we live in a day and age where you can't enjoy much all the time. You know, there's there's so much negativity and there's so much bullshit going on. You know, shut the freaking TV off. Put Stop watching the device. news. Yeah, man. Just... Get out there and look at the sky, smell the air, get on a motorcycle and go experience what this great country has to offer. So like they say, you never see a motorcycle in front of a psychiatrist office. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Wind therapy is the best therapy. Okay. So what about next time we just have, you know, the name of the podcast is Random Thoughts from the Road. And why don't we just do that? There's no really subject matter. We're just going to have random thoughts about motorcycles, the Ozarks, um, your prostate. I don't know. (laughs) So next time we'll just, it'll just be a babbling uh, of whatever. Right. That worked for you. That's what I do best. Right. Yeah, exactly. If you've listened to one or two of these, you realize Craig Allen is the brains of the operation and Randy is just kind of the, we're lost already. (laughs) The rambling thoughts of an idiot. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll do that next time. Until next time. See you when I see you.